Hello and welcome to Highland Football Weekly with Ian Ald. Episode 6 this week, but before we start, a massive thank you to everyone who's listened, downloaded, liked, commented, shared in the last couple of weeks. On Friday, the podcast reached 1,000 downloads, which I'm incredibly proud of. And also, I have to say a massive thank you uh, to my mum and dad for clicking download over 1,000 times. Brilliant. Good stuff. Episode 6 this week, and a little bit something different. We've had feedback on the podcast about uh, more Highland League content. So we've got a current Highland League captain on the show this week. This is a guy whose career I've followed over the last couple of years. Started out at Ross County after being released at Ross County, then joined Brora Rangers, where he suffered nothing short of an injury nightmare. Moved to Fort William and now at Nairn County where he's the current captain of the Nairn County squad. It's Lochcarren's finest, Adam Porritt. It's a really good listen. I hope you enjoy. Nairn County captain, Adam Porritt. Adam, good to see you. Good to see you too, bud. Yeah, looking forward to this. Not done anything like this before, so it'll be a bit of crap. Well, that's all right. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, we're all good. You've had a a busy couple of weeks, busy couple of months. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to off off the field um, because Nairn County haven't had a game since 2019. It feels like. Yeah, that's what it does feel like. It's just a nightmare. You can't get a run of games going, but especially when you get horsed in our last game, we just need to rectify it. In the Jan- end of January, was it? Yeah, end of January, I think. Aye, yeah, something like that. Got. Beat six six nil from, uh, who was it for Martin? So yeah, it was a bit of an eye opener. Off the field though, married, married two weeks ago, two weeks ago, and just a kid. had a, a kid arrived as well in the last months three months. Ago. So yeah, all busy. Yeah, very busy. Yeah, it's good though. It is. It's good. It's kept me kept me occupied. I was gonna say, I uh, hopefully the the football will kick in now and you'll be able to. Uh, I know I'll be able to fo- focus on the football again. <laughs> get out of the house. Home life. Yeah, I know. Adam, uh, good to see you. Uh, we've got a kind of um, family connection. Yeah, yeah, you're from the village that my my wife uh, is from. Um, probably I'm trying to think. Well, I don't have to think too hard. For the village of Lochcarron, you're probably the only person in the village that's ever been listed in an SPFL Premiership team sheet. Yeah, is that right? Am I right in saying that? I don't think I have to. I, I, I think, think too hard. I think it's right from Lochcarron, but I don't know if there's been connections from Sky. Right, I think okay. there's been connections in Sky, but I think I'm the only one to make FIFA, so I'll, I'll take that with from Lockhart. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I'll take that one with me. Was on FIFA, and uh, there's obviously plenty, plenty shitty players, plenty good shitty players in the village that uh, over the years. But uh, I don't think any. I might be doing a few a disservice. Maybe Ross Brown might take exception to the case, but a few decent footballers have emerged from the village. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, the, sh- the shinty was was a big focus in the village. Really, it was the, the football was kind of an afterthought for some people, but it was always for forefront in my mind was to play football rather than the shinty. Had a guy in the chair that you're in just now uh, last week, big shinty man Michael Fraser, who you, you know from your Ross County days. Um, he was involved in Shinty from an early age and then kind of stepped away from Shinty, moved into football. Were you ever tempted by, by Shinty? No, my my body stature doesn't really scream Shinty, <laughs> to be honest. The Shinty sticks are thicker than my legs, so it was kind of, it was always football for me, but I don't know, I might get I might play Shinty again one day, but 
it's a bit too rough for me. Because, I mean, the village itself, it's, it's well, obviously one shinty pitch. I don't think there's... Is there any football facilities in there? No, it just used to be the, the primary school, but they used to never have nets, so we used to borrow them from the fish farm and stick them on the goals whenever we wanted to play, but nah, never any 11-a-side goals, which was a bit of a shame. I'm trying to think the nearest. Was it, was it Plockton? Probably is the nearest, which is a good, what... 20, 20 miles, 25 miles, is that? Yeah, most of it's single track, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's not the greatest of roads to get there, but no, Plockton was probably the was the closest full-size goals we'd, we'd get to. Aye. Closest, senior side, Ross County. Yeah. Over in Dingwall. Um, how did you get picked up by Ross County? It was a primary school event in Dingwall, and they just said, oh, would you would you like to come along and train with, well, go to like an open trial? So Bertie Urquhart, my football teacher at school, he was like, yeah, send me and our couple of boys forward and went went through to well, 150 boys got selected for an under 13s trial and then it got selected down to two 11s and lucky enough I was I made the final squad which was which was good and it was from there you, you yeah just kicking in the Ross County setup and away yeah you went. yeah just away I went yeah just just a kid just I think I started off in goals worked my way out played all sorts of positions I just wanted to play and it was it was brilliant for me got me out of the village anyway and that's a fair fair distance as well so I take it you were training Trained twice a week, sometimes a Saturday, and then a game on Sunday. That was my, my weekly ritual, which was good. So for anyone who doesn't know, Dingwall to Lochcarran is probably about... Mm, 70 roughly, miles. Aye, but an hour, an hour away. Yeah. Um, if you Depending the, on the weather the, and the stags uh, and that. Aye, the stags and of course maybe the odd day, unmarked car on the way uh, to Achnesheen. Ach, that um, would never happen. My mum was always the driver, so <laughs> we, wouldn't, we wouldn't reach the speed limit. So it was good. And your mum, I suppose, did a lot of the... Oh, she done everything. Yeah, she took me every week. Yeah, can't thank them enough, really. So they kind of got me to where I am now. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, when you look back, well, any anyone who's who's played football at any level, I mean, the, the parents and the support network and your mum, obviously, you know, was, yeah. was there for you. Was your taxi back and forth it's, to Dingo? It's not that. Like, now I've, now I've got a licence, I've got a car. And it's like it's a lot of money. Like to travel from Lockhart to Dingwall four times a week there and back. You're it's a fortune in fuel. So credit where credit's due. When I was asking for that pound every week to go to the shops, and I was getting told no, I know why. So no, it was good. No, she just wanted to keep you in good shape. She knew that you were going to reach the heights. No, but sweeties are important in life too. After match, post match. <laughs> um, Adam, I'm going to fast forward a wee bit because I know that um, we're going to talk about your. Most most of your career in the Highland League, but there's some some interesting stories from, uh, you know, from Brora, down in Fort William, and now Nairn County. Now Nairn, yeah. Now Nairn, um, but Ross County, obviously, um, it's quite funny. I always I've kind of followed your career because I started going out with my wife roughly about the time that you probably got into the, the Ross County side. Yeah, when I signed full time, yeah. And I remember I always remember her saying to me, oh, "There's a boy in the village that plays for Ross County," and I'm thinking, "Hang on." And it was about the same time that, in fact, I think it was about the same time that um, Ross County were bringing in a lot of Dutch guys. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, what's going on here, you know? But then, obviously, once you explained, and and, and right enough, um, I remember being at a, a, a game and seeing the name on the team sheet and uh, thinking, oh, that, that's 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 obviously Adam from, from Lockhart. Um, you're, you're in the team. You, probably at an early age, from, I want to say about 17, is that about 17, 18 Involved yeah. in the in the first team first team setup, uh, yeah, eighteen probably, and uh, it was 
to be honest, it was it was probably luck that kind of got me into the first team. Then I had a good preseason. I was always pretty fit, so um, the running things were were probably always good to me. I could I could always run, but uh, you always needed to have three under twenty ones at that time on the bench. So with injuries to other boys in the first team, it kind of led me into a position where I'd done well at preseason. So I kind of merited that kind of that promotion, if you like, but. No, it was it was the best years of my life by a country mile, and I'd I'd do it all in a heartbeat again. Can you, can you remember the moment that Derek Adams takes you aside and says, "Adam, listen, yeah, know, Aber- Aberdeen away. It was the second game of the season. Tony Dingwell, he was in the he was in the squad for the first game, Motherwell, and then I got taken in for the Aberdeen away, and it was just it was surreal. I'll never I'll never forget that." The, the conversation I had with Derek about choosing what I was to have for pre-match meal I was like what's going on here this was all just new to me and then going away to Aberdeen in that tiny wee change room and Richie Richie Britton he took me he said he walked me around the park and just said what was what was Hags obviously it was their first big big game in the SPL yeah yeah well big away game anyway yeah. so it was it was great to be involved in and it's something I'll never ever forget but probably I mean well Richie's obviously now in the, in the coaching setup at Ross County as well and always strikes me as a guy that's you know a sensible guy a wise guy but probably took you aside because you, you just never know in football you know one injury to a centre half or you're on there you know a sending off you're, you're on there you know well I never you, I don't really think about that when I mean, you think about it now maybe that was the case I mean I'm sure that the gaffer would have tweaked a wee thing that probably so I didn't have to put me on there but it was well, maybe it was just to kind of just tell you that you're you're here on you're here on merit, and it was just just enjoy it, embrace it, and I certainly did. It was brilliant. I mean, I never ever got on, but just to be involved with these guys and watch how they work in a, a game environment was pretty was pretty special. It was pretty good. Quite an exciting time at Ross County at that time. To, obviously, to paint a picture, you're um, you're in at the club. They win the first division by a country mile. They were tremendous that season. They they get into the the top flight for the first time in the club's history as well, and then you're in a, you're in involved in the first team setup. What's your memories of getting involved with the first team? Because no doubt you'll have been in close contact with the guys around around the club and and what have you. But now you're in there training with them on a regular basis. What's what's the what's the memories of getting involved with these guys? Some some massive characters at the club. It's, it's massive characters and massive names. Like you think of Ivan Sprell, he was there and he was so good with all of us. As young boys at the time, he was he was brilliant, and you've got the likes of Vigers is just technically a superb footballer, and it was just working with them on a daily basis was just was just brilliant, and they were always good with us young boys. They never they always treated us pretty fairly. So I mean, we, the pros that were there at the time, Ketz, Richie, big Kovacevic, he was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot a lot of good good footballers back then, and big boy. I still talk to Boydy now if ever I see him in Tesco's I'll always stop and get the crack with him he's a he's a good lad but no they were always they were always really good with us when we were in and around the first team and stuff which was good now you were you started off at centre half you were a centre half in Ross yeah, County yeah um, in a training situation you mentioned Ivan Sproul there as well Colin McMenamin around the club at the time yeah Michael Sam Gardine up against these guys in training what, uh, what's the crack just Big powerful men, like I was just I, had, I was just a boy, so I was just this wee skinny stature, and then playing up against like Sam Morrow, uh, Curtis Byrne, he was there at the time, yeah, yeah. very technical wee player, he was good, but uh, Rocco Quinn, he sometimes played through the middle, he was he was good, 
but all the boys were good at the time and you just inspire to be like them you just thought but at times I always thought that I was too far off it to ever play first team football at that at that time in my career maybe I've learnt so much now being away from full time football I then wonder I just wish that I was like I am now back then confidence wise because I was just a boy from Lacan and I was just I didn't really I didn't really click with the boys in the changing room my squad yep. as well as I have done now yep. now I'm living in the town I kind of I've got the lingo and kind of I've got the confidence about me now which I wish I had five six years ago Yeah, yeah. but like I say I, I always felt more confident when I was with the first team because I felt like I was part of that when really you see your boys now that are playing full time football and they're playing with their mates at the time I wasn't so much playing with my mates I just I was just a, a boy that got lucky I felt like at the time but when I was with the first team I felt a lot more comfortable not like I was at home but I felt more comfortable when I was with them because yep. I wasn't I wasn't judged as a, a boy from the sticks or whatever it was <laughs> as it was but when I was enjoy- involved with the first team it was just you were a young boy that would it was good enough to be training with them, so because I'm I'm assuming as well that um, you know a lot of the guys around the, the team at the time. Well, Michael Fraser alluded to it uh, last week, where where he spoke about the the spirit and that dressing room. He said it was one of the best dressing rooms he'd ever he'd ever been in. You know that going into a group of pros, you know seasoned professionals like that, they're going to make you feel welcome. They're going to be a good group to get involved in. So probably lucky in the respect that you. You know, you went into a first team dressing room where yeah. there's so many uh, good characters around the place. Hundred percent, and like the likes of Ike, he he played with us for under twenties games a lot when he was coming back from injury, or if he wasn't involved with the first team setup. And the likes of him, he was he was great with us. He was always always speaking, and he, they didn't speak to you like you were kids. Like they wanted to get the crack we in and this kind of stuff. So all the pros that came down and played with us at under twenties level, they were they were really really good with us. So. And their the first team spirit that they showed in the first season nearly got them into Europe. So I mean, it was that season was just incredible, and that group of players were were brilliant. Any uh, initiations that uh, you had to uh, see? No, none of that really happened with us. You were okay. You yeah, were right, I kind of okay. got away with that because I'm not not the greatest of singer, so I'd have been absolutely say, uh, petrified singing. You see a lot on social media, but you just yeah. wonder actually who. Yeah. I, I mean, we try and do it now at Nairn, like with the young boys that come through, just for a bit of crack, but. These boys are doing it in big team hotels when there's some staff and everything watching you. Like, no drink involved because it's obviously the day before. It's like, oh, I don't know if you'd get me up there singing <laughs> a cappella to something silly like nah. But no, we didn't. We didn't have to do any of that. And I remember Kets and that. They always alluded to that. Like that doesn't happen anymore. They remember when they were young boys going into the first team. All that kind of stuff did happen. But no, it was. It was. It was good. What was Derek Adams like with you? Um, because as you say, he obviously brought you into that. He's obviously seen something, you know. He's brought you into that um, that setup. What was he like with you? Quite a lot of boy. Well, especially if you asked anyone in my twenties squad, I was always I was classed as the gaffer's boy. I was kind of I was kind of the Derek Junior. I was kind of the arse kisser of the group. If Derek wanted anything, I'd always be the first one to put my hand up because I was think I was just thinking anything that I can do to get me anywhere closer to the first team, I would do. But uh, so yeah, I was I got on quite well with Derek and uh, Fergie at the time. He was our he was our twenties gaffer, and oh, I've got nothing but good words to say about him. And yeah, he got me to he took me to where I was from when I was at seventeens right the way through. But no, I actually I quite liked Derek at the time. 
he was he was seemed pretty fair and he, he got results out of the boys. Mm-hmm. And of course, Fergie's now looking after himself. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I just to go into train with him every day was just brilliant. And he's what he what he's doing with the first team now. Him and Kets are, are brilliant. I mean, I worked with Kets when he was at Brora. He came and done a lot of coaching sessions and that with us. And obviously, Fergie took us for for sessions. So I'm not surprised that the boys at County are doing are doing well. And we're wishing them all the best for the, the rest of the season as well, of yeah, course. Yeah, 100%. Um, you, like you said, you, you, you obviously didn't manage to, to get to, into the first team setup in terms of on the field, but involved around the dressing room and uh, you know and, 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 and training and, and like as well. I mean, you've probably sat on a you know um, couple of benches um, throughout Scotland as well, but even just you know sitting on the bench, could you believe that you you know you'd got to that that level you know and just I remember, were, you, were you hoping that you would you know perhaps get that opportunity one year? game I remember I remember the the Tuesday afternoon Derek came up to myself and Tony and said look you still will be travelling with us tomorrow so you're only going to do one session today and then travel with us tomorrow so I was thinking right nice one that's good we're away for a Wednesday night game that's good under the lights at Tardice it was it was brilliant and he walked us up and down the park and just said look this is what if this doesn't give you motivation and I don't know what will and I was like yeah fair enough that's true and I remember it was Big Boyd he was on the bench and I was sat beside him and he told me and him to go and warm up because a defender went and Stuart Balmer at the time he was the assistant and pff, my arse collapsed something rotten I was like oh my god I obviously knew that if anyone was to get the nod it would have been Boydie obviously but it was still my arse collapsed I was like holy shit like that's probably the closest I ever felt like I was gonna like I was gonna get on but no, it was it was brilliant because well, win bonuses and stuff were when when you're involved in the first team, it's that's a factor. And I was fortunate enough that every time I was on the bench, they either got a draw or they got a win. So my wages that when for a young boy was always getting boosted, and I think boys in the twenties squad kind of cottoned on to that, so they were always eager to see what was in my wage packet and stuff, which was it was a bit of crap between us, but. And then at the end of the season, we got kind of a we got a wee bonus because we accumulated so many points. I think that's how it, how it went, and yeah, it was good. Best days of my life, hundred percent. I'm pretty sure. Was there a Celtic game? Were you not on the bench at a Celtic game? Was it the one one the one every game home the, game? The end of that season was there was a one all game. Big there was a one nil win as well. Was it? Big not? Granty Monroe scored an absolute perler, mm-hmm. and then Wolfarth went up the park and scored the winner. Never Wolfarth, yeah, yeah, that uh, was that was brilliant, and uh, the one nil. Cali game I'll never forget that game I actually won 20s player of the year that that season and uh, big Andre Haino he scored the he scored the winner uh, I don't know, I think it secured us fifth fifth in the league that's right so yeah it was that was a pretty special game it was good for a first season as well for a, yeah for a, if seeing your name on the back of the shirt for the first time knowing that you've not had to pay for it to be there that's <laughs> That's pretty. That's pretty surreal. It was. It was good, and it's. It's now. Well, number twenty-seven was my number, and it's now that stuck with me for, for a long time, and it'll it'll be sitting there and never forget the it's number twenty-seven. I, until you mentioned it, of course, you know. Um, I, I know. Um, I know the kit man at Cali Thistle very well, Jack Davis, and and I remember you know a couple a couple of times where there's been youngsters at Cali Thistle involved in the squad, and it's, and I remember him saying actually he's almost a part of the journey and it's true you know he's he's pressing the kits for the kids yeah they're going to make you know this is this is the dream come true you know get yeah. the name on the back of your jersey you're on yeah. the bench whatever you may not get involved but you know that 
putting that name on the number on the back of the jersey means you know the world to some folk. You know. Yeah. Well, it was uh, a lady called Susan. She was the kit lady at, at County, and I'll never forget. She gave me a bag of kit, and it had all my all my stuff in it, and it was it was a surreal moment to give it to to families and friends at, at home that have, that have been so good to me over the years. It was good going on holiday and wearing your shorts with the number 27 <laughs> on and that was it was good yeah Ross County um, came to an end at the end of the, the following season mm-hmm. um, what was the chat with Derek Adams like then um, in terms of obviously it's a, one of those kind of horrible moments I suppose in a, in a manager's uh, career is, you know it's one of the, the downsides I suppose and also for a player it's a, a moment that you know it's a, a real nightmare of a moment where they you realise that you you know you have to move on. What was that like for you? When uh, on, I can remember it well. There was all of us. We all went up to this into the where we used to go for our lunch and stuff, and we we were all sitting there and we were getting taken through individually. And amongst the boys, we were all talking about who's going to get deals, and we had a we had an idea who we were going to get deals. And a lot of them actually thought that I was going to be one of the boys that did get a deal. And uh, so deep down, I was thinking, you know what, I actually could get a deal here. And uh, I've, I went in and Fergie, Fergie and uh, Big Neil Cooper. They weren't they weren't looking at me, so I was thinking, right, I, I know what's going on here. And he, Derek set, got sat down, and George was talking about first team budgets and stuff. So I was thinking, right, I'm, I know what's going on here. I know I'm not going to get a deal, but it was nice. It was nice to hear what they had to say. But I do feel like. If I didn't live in Lockhaden, if my base wasn't in Lockhaden, then maybe my football career might have been different. Mm-hmm. I might have got a deal there because then they wouldn't have to put me up in Diggs. And because when I was when I signed at County, I lived in Diggs for two years. I was in a B and B, and that was funded by the by the SF, uh, SFA. So I knew that if I was to get a first team deal, Ross County would have had to fund that. So that would take more money out of the budget. Okay, okay. So I do believe that that is a factor too, because I always thought that. I'd I'd done enough. I was always, I was always pretty hard working. Yeah, there's more to my game that I could have, I should have worked on more at the time. But that's all, that's all by the by now. But yeah, it wasn't a nice, wasn't a nice like conversation to have because at the end of the day, it's your dream to play. But I got further than some boys. I got on the bench. I've got my name on my shirt. I've done, Absolutely. I've done myself proud and. I was on FIFA, so I can't. <laughs> I can't complain hey, about that. Nice, you've done more than uh, not just uh, others in the and and the youth set up, and done more than others in life. You know, I mean, hundred percent. I know. can say I've lived my dream. I was a professional footballer for for two and a bit years, so Absolutely. I've I've conquered a big milestone that some kids would would, would dream of. Yeah, exactly. So um, next in the. Uh, and the journeys, Brora Rangers, um, yeah. who at the time had just won the Highland League mm-hmm. uh, title, um, and I mean when you look at the Ross County setup, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean the the names that were at Brora uh, when you arrived, uh, Grant Monroe, yeah. uh, Ross Tokley, mm-hmm. Stephen Mackay, Xander Sutherland, um, you know, um, big big name play- in terms of well, I mean the the, the the latter two certainly played, yeah. Top flight, Xander Sutherland definitely played top flight for, for Cali yeah. Thistle. Stephen Mackay had a great career at Ross County in Elgin. Um, you know, household names in the Highland football and if not, you know, Scottish football as well, you know. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I was a bit naive to be fair to, to that sort of thing. I wasn't, I didn't really, I never thought about it. I always wanted to try and get in our full time club. And then when Broda came in and they offered me bits and pieces like a job, with Dave Dylan offered me a job and 
and it was kind of hard to say no to and I ended up living with Tokes at the time so I moved when I obviously I didn't have anywhere to live in Inverness so Tokes put me up until I got a flat and all this kind of stuff and yeah I was a bit naive to think I didn't realise who like the likes of Dale Gillespie was Gavin Morrison and then when you look back and Dale's had Scotland youth caps Gav's played for he played in the first team at Cali for mm-hmm. for a few seasons and then Xander Xander was brilliant Sid Mackay like you say mm-hmm. and then you got Granty Tokes Ketz a lot of big big players Joe so. Mallon and goals as well oh yeah Joe and goals who I feel like was hard done by at County over the years he should be he should never be playing Highland League football but that's just that's just me but no big big players at, at Brora um, again going in that setup as well it, it must have felt like you're probably you're going in as a first team player yeah but again going into a, a new setup but almost like like you say there I mean you reeled off so many other names there that I'd completely forgotten about you know Dale Gillespie's still there Gavin Morrison left just recently yeah to join Cowden Beath but I mean guys in there that you know you're almost walking into another first team setup mm-hmm. although you're a first team player you know yeah it was well I still class myself as a kid really and I, I wasn't like I'd have I'd had loads of 20s like experience but it's it's so different that is like a first team environment like training was such a high tempo especially because you're reading off all them good players that have played well they've got caps in the SPL yeah so it was it was good Broda was a big point for me I know I got I got injured early on but even just the build up to pre-season pre-season was always quite a strong point for me I was always I was always pretty good at pre-season but then when it when it comes to the games and that it's the tempo was so different the Highland League football was different. Yeah, I remember the Xander picked me up for my first training, and uh, I didn't. I was a bit nervous. I didn't really know what to think. And he was uh, he rocked up with all his all his good gear. I was thinking, oh, he he must be able to play because I've never seen him play before. And he asked me, he was like, what kind of player are you? And I was just like, oh, I'll play centre half. And he was like, what kind of centre half would you class yourself as? And I was just like bit of a ball playing centre half and then he was just like well that's going to have to stop and I was like eh what do you mean that's going to have to stop and he was like because Highland League's tough and I didn't really didn't really think anything of it and then after the first training session I was like right okay I know, I know what he means now it's, right. this isn't 20s football anymore this yeah. is this is a man's game and that's something what he said there and then that's something that I'll I'll always take with me no he was a good player as well Xander Kraken player yeah, there's not much you can really say. He was just—he's. I know he's retired now, so he says. I just think he wanted to play golf, but unbelievable footballer. I think he could have done—he could have done more with himself, playing-wise, if he—if he wanted to. But obviously, some people don't enjoy full time as much as the others. But yeah. no, terrific, terrific footballer. You mentioned there. Um, obviously, your your career at Brora gets off to probably the worst possible start. You, you pick up an injury. Yeah, I want to say it was, a, it was the first day of the season. Was yeah. it locals at home? It was Huntley. Huntley, Huntley at home, and you were commentating. I was I? That's how I remember it. That's yeah, it. for that <laughs> for that TV uh, thing, the Highland League TV. Aye, um, and, it, and it was. I mean, it was. In fact, I can even I can see it now down the right hand side, right back position. And mm-hmm. well, I didn't think I was going to be. Tokes was away for work, so that left the right back slot open because obviously he played there the whole last season. So I didn't even think I was going to be playing until the day. And then they said, I'll be starting right back. So I was like, okay. And I actually thought I'd done all right. The first 15, 20 minutes, I'd, I'd done all right, defended a couple of things well. So I was thinking, this is getting off to an all right start. And I was just trying to shield the ball out of play. And the boys pushed me in the back. And my knee dislocated. And 
oh, I remember screaming, screaming, and then Gavin come running over, would you shut fuck up? And I was like, eh, okay, and then he looked at my knee, and then he, he knew there was obviously something wrong, and uh, yeah, just, I never really recovered from that, so, bit of a bummer, but hey, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, um, but I suppose, you know, I, I mean, that's, I mean, out for the out for months, out for, out for the rest of the season, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I, that's all I played that season was twenty eight minutes. Uh, but a thing that I got told, well, my mum got told was uh, Derek had just been Derek had just been sacked from County, and there was talk that Fergie was interested in potentially taking me back to County because obviously Derek had let me go and bits and pieces like that. Knew I had an all right pre season. And then obviously this happened, so that's kind of granted a halt to that. But no, and I, d- I didn't really recover very well from from the knee injury, and it's well, to this day it still gives me jip. Yeah. But it's happened two or three times since. So whether well, my legs aren't exactly the meatiest of things anyway. So there's not a lot of things stopping it from falling out. But no, it was, and it took so long to recover. Uh, I didn't get didn't get a scan for like three months down the line and okay. that's when they knew I had a fracture in the kneecap as well as a dislocation so a lot of things did kind of halt my recovery and then yeah just one thing led to another and setbacks through rehab and things like that because I'm assuming that if you were at Ross County as a as a youngster you know if you're on loan at Ross uh, Broda for example mm-hmm. you probably would have taken back you've got a, a scan instantly yeah um, you know and on, yeah. and on, a, and on a, a schedule to, to get back to full fitness but you know, because you're playing high league, you're obviously yeah. You know, I dare say behind, that you know? if me just coming in from from Ross County, I wasn't really supposed to be playing. I was probably taken in as more of a squad player as anything else. They probably yeah. just thought, oh, "We'll just see, we'll just see, we'll just see," and then yeah, just that kind of happened. But it was it was Kirky David Kirkwood. He was the manager at Brora, and I must admit, throughout my county days, me and Kirk didn't really see eye to eye. Never really played me at nineteens and things like that so I was kind of surprised when I got taken in at Brora but it yeah. was more talks that pushed that one through everything happens for everything happens for a reason yeah I mean physically um, you know obviously you, you, you took a while to, to get back to full fitness but you know mentally it must have been tough as well for you you know to to, to not only in, in, in the space of probably two to three months you know release from Ross County yeah and then you're obviously dropping down and to suffer an injury like that, I mean, mentally that must have been so difficult. And I suppose, like you mentioned there, you obviously have a good family unit as well. That's where your family unit, yeah, yeah. You know, really does support you. It's something that I never really thought of, to be honest. When you ask me a question like that, that's when you really think, yeah, it must have been actually quite tough. But at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I never really thought, uh, I never thought that it would take as long to recover because I'd never been injured. Like I trained every day for two and a half years, and you're thinking. Surely you wouldn't. You're not going to get injured mm-hmm. if you've managed to do that, and you're not going to get injured, and you only train twice a week, that kind of thing. But no, nah, it's something I never really thought of. But it's something that I wish I, I wish I'd done it when I was at full time. I wish I'd done it when I had a full time unit around me, where things would have been a wee bit quicker. You would have had a full time physio working with you every day. So these things, you look at the boy from Everton just now. Look at mm-hmm. Gomez. He had a horrendous injury mine was nowhere near as bad as that but four months down the line he's back playing in the Premier League yeah. again so you just think look how quick that turnaround and I'm th- two years before I kicked the ball and I mean I, I've known a few guys at, at Cali that have been out for well I mean uh, 
you know, I'm trying to think of the, the best example of player here, but there's been, there been a few one season that were out for the whole season. Yeah. You know, and in fact, Dean Brown, I remember Dean Brown was suffered a really bad injury. He dislocated his knee yeah. not long after he, I did he mine. Was out, yeah, of course, it was up probably that um, end of that season. And he was out for. Um, he was out for more. Well, that was his last game for Cali, um, near enough. And I remember his, uh, you know, I remember him saying to me that mentally it was tough, but he did have at least, you know, when you're going into a first team dressing room, you're going in in the morning to see the physio. Yeah. The guys are shooting off the training, but luckily you had two or three others in the same boat. Yeah. So almost you become there your kind of support, you know, to get you through the day. You almost are best friends with the physio. But in your case, you're obviously high on league. Yeah. You've not, you're not going in every day to a treatment room where there's maybe two or three guys and you can all share the same experiences you're on your own you know it's the fact that you've got like that's their job Dean's job was a professional footballer so he got injured playing football he still gets paid he still gets paid for his injury I what did I get for work 87 quid a week for being on the sick and then I didn't get I got insurance money from Brora that kind of it does it affects your life more when you do it in a part-time basis than when you do it in a full-time basis because you're still getting paid your your salary for your work so from that side of things it's different when you've got a it would I was lucky I didn't have a I didn't really have any serious commitments I did have I was renting from Tokes but Tokes obviously knew my situation so he he really did help me out but if I was if I had a mortgage and things like that, it's it's serious stuff. So when you're playing part time football there, you think way more about things than you do if you're playing full time football. That's for sure. So the broader experience is again something that you oh, it's like you say, everything happens for a reason, and yeah, you know, you learn lessons from from everything in life. Um, you move on to I'm interested to talk about uh, your next club. Um, you move on to Fort William. You know, there's probably not a football fan in the country, the UK, and probably further afield that doesn't know about the Fort William story. Yeah. Um, talk to us about how how did that how did that come about the move to Fort William? Uh, I was I was obviously at Broda and I was just getting back to back to fitness and Richie and Ketz they were the the managers at Broda at the time, and I was actually they, they took me aside and was like you're doing really well we're happy with you but we think we should go out, you should go out and get some games so talking about going out on loan, and then I was. I more wanted to move permanently to go away because I didn't want to leave on bad terms, especially with Richie and Ketch because I remember them from my county days and how good they were with me back then. So I was just like, maybe I'd be better if I just went out and went out permanently. And then Fort William came up with it. They just said, would you like to come? And they were. They said to me, oh, the money's not great. I remember the phone call <laughs> with, uh, with Ali Ewan at the time. And he just when I went and seen him on the first training session he was like that was the easiest thing I've had was to try and get you to Fort William I was like look I just wanted to play football I didn't care where I was I just wanted to play because I'd had so long with not playing and I knew that I was going to get minutes there I, I I, just knew I knew I was going to play so it was an easy decision for me and it was it was a good one it was a good year and a half I really enjoyed it then there they're obviously renowned um, for f- finishing in the lower bottom, every, the, the, the every reaches, year. So, yeah. should I say, of of, of the Highland League, um, and I mean it's I mean it's well documented. There's so many. I mean, there was a, a great BBC Scotland documentary on them uh, not so long ago. Um, there's always there's always football magazines and journalists and Sky Sports and, and are very interested in the story. There's a lot of media attention, so everyone kind of knows the story. 
Um, I, I, I remember years ago, uh, I went to a. I, I'd never done, never covered a Fort William game. Uh, in fact, I've I've covered one Fort William game in in my career, and they won it. They won it, but it was about ten years ago. It was against Clark. It was a midweek game. I remember it so well. I'm a hundred, I've got a hundred percent record seeing Fort William, but wins don't come about often. What what's it like playing for them and 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 being on the the wrong end of a a doing? Aye, uh, it's fun. Like you just the boys. The boys don't get enough credit down there, I don't think, for their football ability because yeah, they get they get beat a lot. But there was boys there like Ian Fogle, he played fullback, Big Farker, he played centre half, and I played alongside him at centre half. And uh, Ian McClellan, I actually was in primary school with him in Lockarden, so that was quite a right, okay, a good okay, connection. Okay. So it was I knew boys when I was going down there already. And the setup was it was different, don't get me wrong, it was really different because we had boys training in Inverness and then we had boys in Fort William training so the squad wasn't really tight as such, there was cliques sort of thing with Inverness boys and the Fort boys, but because I had connections down there it was easy for me to connect with the Inverness boys and the Fort boys, but the people behind the scenes at Fort like, they deserve a lot of credit Big there's an old boy Albert he's down there every week and I mean, they put their heart and soul into these kind of things, so it's it's good to see them getting all this documentary now. But at the time, it was I just wanted to play football, so I didn't care if I was get if we got beat. And at the time, Scott Davidson, who's now a teammate of mine at Bro- uh, uh, Nairn, sorry, and I that's where I met him. Like, and now we're good mates now, so. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. The fort days were good days, and like you say, if you get if you get beat, it doesn't. At the time, it matters, but when you're on the bus, you just kind of forget about it, and it's like, yeah, that was pretty bad. That was pretty embarrassing, boys, wasn't it? And it's just like, but then you get some where you draw, and it's like you've won the league. It was <laughs> it was incredible. But we had a good cup run at fort, and uh, it's something that this BBC documentary missed out, which I'm a bit annoyed at because it. <laughs> It was pretty good. Me and me and Scotty kind of joke about it now because probably didn't fit their uh, probably didn't fit the editorial slant of the story because if you do a documentary on a team that always gets beat, yeah. the last thing you might mention is they made a cup final last season, which we could have won. It was a shame we come against Broad at the end, but I mean the team was so spirited. It was it was good. It was I really I I loved my time at Fort. I really did, but I. What kept me out, what, what stopped me from signing the new deal there was the travelling. Mm-hmm. The travelling, I'd done so much travelling at my t- time at Ross County, I didn't want to travel anymore to play football, I couldn't be bored with it. Like travelling, working from say six in the morning until f- five in the afternoon. Every, and week's, then getting, away, every week's in the way game. And then getting in a car on a Thursday and having to go to Fort William to train, you're not home till the back of 11 o'clock, then you've got work, it's like... I couldn't be bothered with that anymore, so that's why I kind of wanted to move out of Fort more so than the the football side of things. Don't get me wrong; towards the end, things start to get it start to get a little bit ugly. Like I I kind of lost interest in it, to be honest. And it's something that I never thought had happened to me. I'd never thought I'd lose interest in football. But when you're getting on the wrong end of dubbins and that, it it is it's. It's not easy to motiv- motivate yourself to train mm-hmm. Tuesday, Thursday, to t- get beat on a Saturday. It it was never easy. So when Nairn came along, it was quite an easy decision for me at the time. 
although I did really enjoy my time at Fort I did but it's funny you say I mean you say that probably getting beat every week probably isn't isn't fun um, it's funny I was at a football tournament with my son at the weekend and and he's he's only in primary one and they got a couple of doings and, and me and another dad uh, watched the other dad's son come off the pitch at the end and he was smiling and you just, you just got roasted a couple of games, but yeah. he loved it. And I suppose you know it's it's a love of the game that you you know yourself when you played for Fort, the guys that are playing at the moment. You know, you, you, you week in week out, you love the game. Yeah. And probably for yourself as well, you know, having had the experience of of Brora, mm-hmm. you you probably just wanted to for love of the game just get out there and play. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like you always like I never went into any game at Fort William knowing that we were going to get beat I always had that glimmer of hope that you never know because I knew that we had the boys in the squad that we could we could do something we had boys that could do something brilliant like Scotty Mackie we could do something pretty special like they could score a wonder goal or, or something like that and I mean we know how to defend like get four banks behind the ball and you'll be fine but when you're playing against like Sabrora and for Martin and Fraser away they're they're a good footballing team yeah, so yeah. the games against like Saclach uh, Rothis at the time when they before they got money pumped into them uh, like I said Lossie these, Strathspey, Strathspey uh, Huntley to a certain extent these teams you could you actually fancied yourself you fancied here we could get a result here so we didn't didn't go into every game knowing that we were going to get pumped but there was games that you just knew that keep it low keep it as low as you can and like I said that cup final we took well, took Brora to the 80, 80th minute to go 2-1 up and yeah don't get me wrong the final score was 4-1 we kind of we kind of collapsed kind of lost hope but to still to, to run them to that length of time at that scoreline was, was still an achievement in ourselves I felt kind of felt kind of sorry for the Brora boys because they didn't really celebrate the the cup like it like you would do if you won a cup. I mean, if, if we'd have luckily managed to win that, I reckon our Fort boys would still be celebrating now. <laughs> it would it would have been that big a scalp. But yeah, I never I never once did I think that we were gonna get beat all the time. But like you say, you just do it for the love of the game. It's nothing for it's not for anything else. And and what's it like? I mean, you obviously won a couple of games when you're at Fort William as well. You mentioned there, you know, getting a draw feels like you've won the World Cup. But yeah. I mean, you mentioned there. I mean, if you when you win a game, you obviously did win a few when you were at um, Fort for the players, but also for the, the the guys behind the scenes who, you know, put so much hard work to get the games on. You know, they, yeah. must, they must they must really appreciate that moment too. You know, that's kind of what it's all about. Like that's that's the folks that you're really doing it for. You say big boy like big teams they go oh we're doing it for the fans we're doing it for this I mean we don't have a lot of fans come to our game so when we get a big result it's really it's for the board it's for the chairman it's for the guys really behind the scenes that are putting their heart and soul into to getting us on to getting us onto the park every week and things like that I was just just came back up the road with my missus and we were driving through Keith and there's a pub the Yugi and I said to her look we used to stop there every every second week before William they'd on the way down, we'd get soup and sandwiches. On the way home, we'd get a, a two-course dinner. We we never paid for that. So right. so that's that's the Fort boys that are doing that. I mean, we get well looked after at Nairn especially, but it likes a broader. You got well looked after, but you never got you didn't get that. 
Mm-hmm. Like you didn't get food after the games and, and stuff like that. So they really did. They looked after you in the best way they possibly could. Right. It wasn't by they didn't give us a nice flush part park to play on or our footballs were never always brand new. But they looked after you in the way if they fed and like we got fed every week when we were out. And that's a can't complain at that. Like that's things that kind of get outlooked when you talk about football is the aftermath of a game. So yeah. I've got a lot of good things to say about for it. And you played at Clagan Park, which is the most uh, picturesque yeah. pitch of all. Well, it might, might be a dodgy pitch. I, mean, I don't think it's. Don't think there's been a. I mean, well, this is the, the, the rainy season, and I don't think they, they they get many games in at this time of the year, especially in the last couple of weeks, anyway. But you know, what a, what a tremendous place to play your football with Ben Nevis looming in the background. I mean, alluding to the Ross County days, so we played a, a pre-season game down there for our twenties, and a lot of first-team boys came down and. I remember Sam Morrow. He wouldn't. He couldn't play because the windy road. He was spewing in the bus and this, that, and the next thing. And it's it just made me laugh. But no, what a beautiful place for a football park. It really is when when it's sunny. Not very often, but it's a it's a really, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful place to play football. It's just if the sheep shite's not in the park, it's good. <laughs> was, it, was it deer? Was it deer? It was, it was deer shite because that deer. was the game. That was against Nairn. It's, there was sky cameras there sky, for the Dutch right. documentaries, and it was all over the news. And which deals. actually the the I remember the sky cameras turned up, and actually they're probably their feature probably got more views. Yeah, because of the deer shit than than yeah. the actual game itself. You know, yeah, well, hundred percent. Because I actually think that was a game that well, we comfortably won that game, but it was it kind of got overlooked from the fact that we had to wait an hour kick off because it was delayed for removing deer shit <laughs> brilliant brilliant um, Nairn bring up to the, the present day you obviously mentioned there it was a, a you know a decision that you you took based on you know travel obviously you're based, you're based in Inverness so it's you know Nairn's only what you know hop skip and a jump along the along the road as well yeah um, another side probably in the last probably in the last couple of years you know, I've had a heavy bit of trouble off the off the pitch, um, but they're back on an even keel now. Ronnie Sharp's mm-hmm. uh, taken over, um, and are making good progress. Um, enjoying yourself at Station Park? Yeah, love it. I really do. It's it's good. And the bunch of boys that are there, they're oh, I class some of them as my best mates. Like I've, like I say, I played football full time, and if I had this group of boys, if I was as close to this group of boys as I was in my full time days, things might have been different. Yeah. But no, I've got. I, I love it in there. The the people are great. I mean, we get some well, so well looked after. I mean, our park's immaculate. The first game of the season, you can look at that park. And in fact, that's one thing. I always, always. Um, I mean, I, I, in the last couple of years, I've been to, I've been to Station Park a number of times. A lot of them pre-season games, right enough. And the, the pitch is always it's a bowling green. Yeah, it's, it's one of the best in Highland League. Well, some of the best. It's one of the best in Scotland. It's yeah. been voted as. I mean, the parks. The park's incredible, and it's it's good because we're a team that we we do like to play football. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes we get we get beat, but we do. We try to play football. Well, we try to do it the right way, and if it pays off, then we're a, a brilliant team. But if sometimes we get on the on the wrong end of a doing, like I say, you've you've made you've made good progress near and over the last uh, you know couple of seasons. I know that um, obviously in the last you know in the last couple of years with Les Fridge moving on and, and Ronnie coming in and. You know, a bit of, a bit of off the field problems as well, but but things are starting to get good again, and you can see, you know, I think under Les, you know, um, Fridge, you know, Nairn were up, were always a good cup team, mm-hmm. a brilliant cup team, but, and they were always, 
you know they always flirted with the you know the top spots in the Hamlet League, but you can you can see them creeping back up there. Um, obviously, you've you've known a game in a while, so you've no. probably got games in games in hand in the bank yeah. uh, to make that progress. But uh, you know you're you're starting to make good progress here. Oh yeah, uh, I don't really know much about the the Les Fridge side of things. I was I was at an I was at either at Fort I was at Broda, but the games nearing at a, a cup final against Broda and I was I was injured at the time and the amount of people that came to that game I didn't realise the rivalry was between that at, uh, was that at Clark Park? yeah I, I, I do you know I, I was there that day as well and I, this is no word to lie you're, you're talking well I'm not very good at counting crowds as, you, as you'll see in a minute but I'm a couple, I want to say there was a couple of, at least a thousand if not I'd, more there yeah I'd say there was yeah and the, the atmosphere was brilliant it's and crazy that's I think that was the team for Nairn that probably they should have done more than what they actually did. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they were they were a very good cup team, but he actually thought that they would do more in the league than what they did and I think that's why like you say, it's kinda of, that's all that's all done and dusted now. It's not it's not so money orientated anymore. The boys at Nairn are there because they want to play for Nairn. It's not so much that they we get paid the biggest wages mm-hmm. which is it's a better setup. I personally think like I've not I've not done any moves in my career for money. I've done it because the setup's been be- beneficial for me. Yeah. But Nairn, when I signed for Nairn, I signed a pre-contract for Nairn, but they wanted me earlier because they had a good they had a good chance of winning that North of Scotland Cup if they could get past these rounds. And obviously, Fort wanted me there because we had a. a a good run too because we divided all the big teams the big hitters so it actually turned out pretty good for me I got to stay at Fort and got quite far but the yeah the Nairn connections was was good but it was an easy decision for me to sign for Nairn it's a I actually got I actually got hook line and sinkered by Kyle McLeod he uh, he phoned me pretending to be Ronnie and giving it the the big in saying oh we'd love you to sign I was like yeah that's great I want to sign too and He's like, oh, meet me at Starbucks and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, I right, go on then. So I'm, I went up to Starbucks and the fucker wasn't there, so it was just like, all right, okay. So when their Nazi did phone me, they obviously knew about the, the prank and they just said, look, it's genuine, and they sent me all these email confirmations and stuff. So when their originally when they did come in for me, I was I was delighted because I just I knew, I knew the park was good and all that kind of stuff, and I heard a lot of good things about their so. It so was, they knew about the prank. Yeah, they knew about the prank because I jarred a boy Ross Naismith who was at Nairn at the time, and that's who I actually thought the culprit was. So, word got back that they knew about the prank, and then when Nairn actually did come in for me, they they kind of put it in stone that it was. It's not a bad way to find out if a player's interested in a company a club, though. You know, get some idea of prank, you know. Yeah, but no, I was I was very keen just because I'd heard good things about about Nairn already and stuff, and yeah, I had probably had I had other offers on the table to go for a wee bit more money, but money wasn't the issue it was just I wanted to play closer to home I couldn't really be bored with the travelling for, for training and stuff and I know that Nairn's only 20 minutes along the road it's it's easy Aye. this season um, as well you're, you're club captain uh, a bit more responsibility mm-hmm. um, first time is, uh, in your career as a, a captain or at a senior level mm-hmm. yeah first time at senior level anyway and uh, it's something that I'd always wanted like quietly I'd always kept to myself that I would always like to be captain because I always feel like I maybe play a little bit better if I've got that little bit more responsibility on my shoulders and things like that. But it was something that in my youth I wasn't very vocal. I was always pretty quiet, kept myself to myself. But now I kind of I have to be a little bit more vocal in the park, and it's something that for a couple of years I wasn't comfortable with. And 
now with the responsibility of being captain it's something that I need to kind of take on board a wee bit more but no enjoying it and yeah just I was delighted when Ronnie asked me to, to step in and be captain for a few games and then we started winning games and stuff like that so it, it looked good for me but really it was the it was just good team performance and I'm just I'm delighted to be kept as captain for the foreseeable so the armbands the armbands yeah I'm doing press ups every Friday night just to make sure it doesn't fall down on a Saturday <laughs> the armband fits so keep it going um, the rest of the season obviously as I say you've probably got some games in hand to catch up on what's um, what's the, the kind of aims for the rest of the season because you, you mean you've as I say you've you know you've had a, a relatively good season this um, has been a very good season for us I mean we always have a Ronnie always says he always beats us at pre-season our pre-seasons are always pretty tough at there but it shows on the park when the, when we kick off the season we're always we were always pretty always pretty good at the start I mean we had a big scalp against beat Brora, Brora beat Brora beat Fraser, uh, drew with Fraserburgh at home beat Inveruri at home so I mean we've we've beaten big teams one of two to beat Brora this season as well yeah so I mean but then we always do go for a wee bit of a dip but we've it's always against the lesser sides that we're not so good at. I'd like to think we're we're quite a good counter-attacking team. We can soak up some kind of pressure, and then we've got boys that can hurt people on the break. But breaking down teams is kind of our not our. I wouldn't say it's our strong point, but it's something that we are improving on, and it's something that we we do tend to look at. But we would like to just finish as high up as we can in the table, like everyone does. But this is a good chance that we could maybe break into the top six this year. Or even, or even a wee bit higher, because like we say, we've got games in hand, and it's all against teams that are below us in the league. So mm. theoretically, we should really be beating them. But it's just if the if they're right there and show up on the day, then it's something that we could we could do. So if we can get as high up that league as we can, it's a positive positive season. And I think with the well, especially with the pyramid system as well now, the the, the dynamics are you know are obviously changing in the Highland League, and you know are, are making it. I mean, I mean, I'm assuming Broda will win the league this year. Um, yeah. they're, they're pretty, they're pretty um, far out at the moment. Um, and again, you're looking probably you're you're looking at a Broda Rangers Kelty Hearts playoff. Yeah. Uh, to potentially face, I'm not going to assume, but perhaps Brecon City at the bottom of the league too. Broda win that, and then again, you've you probably got Cove Rangers and Broda Rangers both leaving the yeah, the, the home league behind. So again, it it just alters the the setup again. So. You never know. It, it could open the door for another side to kind of yeah. to get the muscle into that top spots. You know. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, Ronnie always says that we are we are a top side, and sometimes that we have we don't really believe ourselves that we're as good as the likes of Brora and Cove at the time. But there's been games that we have played against, and when we have shown good qualities, but we just don't do it on a consistent basis enough. But this group of boys that we've got at Nairn, I feel now are a team that. If we can stick together as a group, then maybe not next season, but a season after, when we all kind of when younger ones start to mature a wee bit and things like that, then yeah, we could be a we could be a very good side. I do I do believe that we could be a good side, better than what we are now. But it's just doing it on a consistent basis. It's like I said that the, you know the progress you can see the progress over the last couple of seasons have been there. To, yeah, you know, the club's obviously gone in the right direction, which is a yeah, which is a good thing. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And Ronnie's got boys there that he's. That he's wanting to keep, and we've managed to manage to do that. I mean, we've got boys like, like some Max Ewan, and he's a very, he's a terrific young player. He could, he could really go on further and maybe play for likes of Elgin and stuff. But he's signed on an hour two year deal, so we've got him for a couple of seasons. 
Colin Ramsey again. He plays he plays left back for us. I mean, and yourself we, just signed a new a new. Deal I've just well. signed a new deal as well, and it was it was something that I was kind of holding off because obviously just becoming a dad for the first time. I didn't. I in my life, my old man was never never around. He never seen nothing. So I was I always wanted to do the counter opposite of that. I wanted to see as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And it was decisions I had. I actually had a quite a good discussion with Adam Naismith, and he just said, "Look, you will need this time away at football to to release to release stress, and well, not so much stress, but just to be away from it all. If yeah. you can, if you can get away from it all, then it's probably a good thing." And now, now he's here. I can, I can understand where Ads was coming from, and. Aye. Now I've made the decision. The missus is happy that I've I've signed again for Nair, and she didn't really want me to go too far too far away. And yep. Ronnie and the board the board at Nair are are happy for me to stay. So no, it's good. I'm, I'm and, and let's be honest, unless the Highland League season switches to summer football, then you've probably got from the end of January to yeah. March off anyway. Know, given given the way this year's going, I know exactly. So. <laughs> I know I can always count on the winter break ah, in the Highland there League. You go. The, there you go, the, the self-imposed winter breaks in the Highland League. Adam, thank you very much for your time. I know you've had a busy couple of weeks, but uh, it was uh, great to sit down. And uh, thanks again. No, thank you very much, Ian. Much appreciated.